All right. So um, let me get started. Let's get started. So hi, welcome to the Mankey PP podcast, episode 14. Uh, I'm Goddess Mari, and I am so excited to announce Mistress Marley as my special guest today. I mean, I, I was pretty mind blown when um, she agreed to, you agreed to come on here, Mistress Marley. I have looked you up um, on Google. Actually, when I first got into this lifestyle, I Googled the lifestyle and you were the first thing that came up. And then I kind of just fell in love after that. So uh, if anything, I, I owe it to you to, to kind of- Oh my God, thank- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a, a big deal for me to, for, to that, that you're here. Um, I want to start off with asking you, when and how did you get into this lifestyle? And, and what type of dom would you consider yourself to be? So for me, with femdom um, and fendom, I kind of just stumbled upon this lifestyle. It wasn't something that I always knew about. Um, or that I was very intentional in the beginning about getting into. Um, so when I moved to New York, I moved here for graduate school. And like all through graduate school, I was struggling to pay bills and do things of that nature. And I was picking up like odd jobs here and there. And one of my most odd jobs was um, I applied to be a hostess at a swingers club that was on Craigslist. And um, I went and I got the job. And I remember my first shift, there was an older lady that was working in coat check. Um, and we would have conversations on our breaks and stuff like that. And she told me that when she was younger, she was a dominatrix. And at that time, dominatrix to me, what I knew about it was what I had seen in pop culture. Like I had seen Fifty Shades of Grey, um, which is not really the best example. But I saw Fifty Shades of Grey. And like I knew about BDSM with like other vanilla people that learned through that instance. Um, growing up sexually, like when I found myself sexually um I in the bedroom like stuff like people would see as kinky so I was like being choked and my feet being rubbed and things of that nature but I never really saw it as like being a dominatrix I just saw it as something I liked so um I was still struggling with these side jobs so one day I just went on the internet and I typed in how to make money as a woman online I literally typed that in on google and then financial domination came up and then I came to twitter and searched it up and I saw a whole new world and I was like I'm gonna try my hand at this but it was never something where it was like um I knew I was going to become like big or make all this money or become really successful. And I was just like, let me just try it. Um, like most people, I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way people are sending um, money just for existing. But then when I got that first send, I was like, this is real. And the rest has been like history. That's amazing. Yes. So there's so many things with that there. So, uh, so how long ago is this? Was this like 10 years ago, 20 years ago? No. Um, so this was, I'm only 28, by the way. So it's not, it wasn't that long ago. Um, this was three and a half years ago. I'm going on my fourth year now being a um, dom. So this was like three and a half years ago. This was definitely before the pandemic. Um, yeah. So it was around that time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You've, you've made some strides. I don't know, but in my mind, it seemed like longer, I think because of the, uh, of how you've risen of how like much progress you've made or how much experience you, you have. And that's, that's impressive. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you figure out your like Dom style or, or how did you figure out your type of domination and kinks? Because a lot of people entering the scene, both subs and Doms don't know what they want exactly or, or how to portray what they want. So I've always been a very strong, independent, um, dominant person. Even before I knew I was a dom, I always told people what I wanted. I always like to call the shots. 
Um, I'm an Aquarius, so naturally we like to be like different and set yes. apart. Proud. Yes, we share the same. We share the same birthday. That's so crazy. Yes, that's um, so wild. Yes. yes. Um. So I always like knew who I was as a person and what I wanted. I never took any shit from anybody. Um. But also, I you know was very into my femininity and being sensual and seductive and like soft in that nature. So I pretty much branded myself as a sensual sadist because even though I am sensual. I love to whoop ass. I love to humiliate. Um, I love to embarrass. I love to do all those types of things with my subs. I love degradation. So it naturally just came together. That's amazing. I, I want to go back to something that you said about being paid for existing. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you can you like elaborate more on that? Like how true is it that you can just get paid for existing? Like um were you in the beginning posting just pictures of like yourself traveling or something or or doing just normal things and then that's what you mean by getting paid for existing or did you have to uh do something specific so when i first started into fandom that's the first thing i saw um i can't remember who i saw it from but there was it was a quote that said pay me to exist i get paid to exist which this is really what that is. You're getting paid for your existence just for being just for being there. So when I first got paid as a Fendom, it was through posting a receipt. I went out to eat. I posted a receipt. It was like $50 and someone reimbursed it. And that was my first ever send. I was posting and doing content for about a week. And then I got my first ever send. So for me to see that somebody was just sending me money because I wanted it for my dinner um, was like, I'm getting paid to exist because this person has not met me in person. They haven't even had a conversation with me. Um, They don't even know if I'm real, but the get paid for that existence was just everything to me. So when I say that, that's literally what it is. You're getting paid to exist, to be this entity, to be this powerful um, person, to be this powerful um, person of dominance and calling the shots. And there's a lot of subs that admire that, that love that, that it does something to their mind. It gets the wheels turning. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so do you feel that when somebody posts a receipt now and they don't get it reimbursed, are they doing something wrong? No, they're not doing something wrong. You have to understand, like, in this internet space, everything um, counts on the eyes. Who's seeing it? So you at the time posting that, maybe no one saw it. Um, maybe at the time the sub that did saw it couldn't afford it. There's so many different elements to it, but it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. You're doing everything you need to do. You're posting the receipt. Um, you're telling them to reimburse you. You're posting your content because at the end of the day, even if no one sends in that moment, the content stays up forever. I've had people send for something that I posted weeks ago. It doesn't always mean you're doing something wrong. It's just all about who's watching at the time. That's why building your content and consistently posting and things of that nature is important in this industry. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it's happened to me before as well, where uh, someone has sent from a post that I tweeted about months ago. So I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Mr. Smarley, what, else can a dom do besides post like reimburse me this or here's a receipt for that what else can she do to attract subs the biggest thing is always building your brand um you want to be that memorable person you don't want to be that person that um subs forget about or you're posting today you don't post again for two to three more months you never want to be inconsistent with your content you could post anything from you going out on a um 
night out with your uh, with the ladies. You can post your feet. You can post the loser sign. Um, you can just put text like I'm going out to a spa day today. Pay for that. Um, it's just really building your brand and creating that presence. You want to be a presence. You want to be something that's always popping up where subs can be like, okay, well, I know that there's content coming this week or something's coming this week. Or I know that Mistress Marley is going to post something this week that's going to make me want to send. You want to be consistent. You don't want to come off as someone that is unsure about what they're doing, um, not really posting or doesn't really seem interested. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. And um I, I, what what are some of the most common mistakes that you see doms make when starting off? I think the most common mistake I see doms make is comparing their journey to other doms. Um, so, you know, you'll see people and I've had um, men, uh, mentees that have come to me and talked to me about this. Like, oh, I see so-and-so is making all this money and it looks like their page just started and I'm not getting any tribute or anything of that nature or so-and-so is putting out content like this and I feel like my content doesn't measure up. Um, when you compare yourself, you pretty much steal your joy. Um, you pretty much bring in those insecurities. It'll make you not want to do any content. You have to realize that everyone's journey is different. How someone came into this is not how you should come into this um, or it's not going to be the same. So you pretty much have to get out that mindset of, okay, I'm doing everything wrong because so-and-so is making more money. So-and-so might be really working on their brand and being consistent in their content. You might need to work on your brand and be consistent in your content. We all have a place here in this space and in this industry. So I think that's the biggest mistake that doms make is comparing themselves to other people. And sometimes don't even compare yourself. I always believe in not comparison. I believe in collaboration. See if you can reach out to that dom you admire that you see is killing the game. See if they'll collaborate with you. See if they'll help you with promo, engagement groups. Um, try to get some advice from them. See what they'll give to you or whatever because there's a lot of helpful doms in this space that will help each other out. But try to reach out. You know, you never know until you ask. There's not one way to do things in this industry. Like for example, Walmart doesn't do the same advertising as Target, but they both getting money. So you have to look at it like that. Like what's another way that I can get money? How can I advertise myself? I love that. I love that you mentioned that. And I think that's part of the reason why I have this podcast is, is mm -hmm. in order to learn from other doms uh, and because, and we all can learn something from each other. And another thing that I think about is that there might be subs out there looking for you like looking for specifically a dom as you know as as you or like a, a dom as somebody else you know mm -hmm. and they and they're looking and they can't seem to find you and so i think it does take a an, a matter of patience yes. and as you mentioned consistency patience consistency time mm -hmm. in order for that sub to find you Definitely. And be like, oh my God, this is it. This is the dom that I've been looking for, uh, and that might happen in months or uh, or longer. Is is that right? It could take. We you don't we we don't really know how long it would take. It's just a matter of being present at all times. Is that, yeah. is, am I right about that? It's definitely a matter of being present at all times. Um, the sex work industry in general is unpredictable. Um, you know, I could make a thousand dollars today and make nothing tomorrow i could have a 10k week and then have a week where i only made 500 dollars. so it's just one of those things where um you can't really grasp what you're going to be making every week but just sticking to building your content and your brand and your presence your branding is everything in this industry because whether you're coming into it seriously or just for something on the side you're initially building a business it's a business um you're bringing in money you're talking to clients you're doing advertising you're doing marketing and promoting that's all business related Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Findom, 
Um, what is a, a common misconception that people have about FinDom? Like, what is it that I, I, I see a, a lot of like backlash on it, on FinDom, like what it is, what it isn't. What can you kind of clarify what FinDom is, isn't, and, and the misconception behind it? So I think the common misconception in FinDom that I see a lot is people think that we force the subs to send us money. I mean, I've seen comments under some of my videos from like vanilla people, or even when I've been in like media outlets where like the comments you can see like people that aren't kink commenting, they always say like, oh, she's making him do that. That's such a poor thing to do. Like, why are you taking people's money? They're like hard earned money and stuff like that. And it's like everything in fandom, everything in BDSM in general, no matter what sector of BDSM you're into is consensual. So consent is always needed. I would never take from somebody that didn't consent to it or someone that wasn't willing to do it or someone um, that really, you know, just someone that didn't consent overall. So what FinDom is, is FinDom is consent. It's a form of psychological humiliation that the submissive consents to, to the Dom. Um, what FinDom isn't is um, taking from subs without consent. It's not checking in on subs. And I you know I've seen a lot of conversations lately too about aftercare and FinDom, which I think aftercare and FinDom is important. It's not needed for every single situation, but there are situations where you do have to do aftercare and FinDom. Um, but I think people see us, people think we're lazy um they think we're not sitting around working hard for this money it's just being given to us and it's like sex work is work we already know that and fendom and femdom in general is work we have to be our own everything we're our own payroll hr scheduler um everything that you see us do we have to do on our own so that's another common misconception too that we're lazy people yeah absolutely i'm curious what does aftercare for uh financial domination look like so um, I have subs that I've done aftercare with for financial domination. And these are um, most of the time subs that I've worked with for a long time. You'll get those subs that just want to send once and disappear. And, you know, that's them. That's what they're into. Some just want to send anonymously. But for the subs that I've had for a long time, aftercare to me is just checking in after the session. Like, how did that drain feel? How did it feel for me to drain your wallet? Um, how are you feeling about the next coming weeks, me draining your wallet? Where are you at mentally? It's takes five seconds to ask somebody where they at mentally and i think a lot of people feel like oh if i do that and ask them how they're doing i'm not being dominant um if you don't do that you're not being dominant you're not being responsible um you're not caring about where your sub is and how your sub is because at the end of the day kink or not these are people these are not robots we're talking to these are not bots that just came out of nowhere and are taking money from us these are people so you really have to watch out for people you have to make sure that they're in the right mind state to be sending to you um there's a time one time where i you know was having a normal session with my sub where i was like send you're supposed to be sending today and they were telling me financially that they were going through hardships and things were going on and i understood that because it didn't come from a place of okay they're just trying to role play with me and be fake i really had built a relationship with that sub and i knew that they were going through something so that check-in for me was like okay the money means nothing to me right now i want to make sure that this person is fine absolutely i, I love that that's very important aftercare is very important um and 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 mr smiley i'm curious uh let's paint a scenario where you get a tribute right now from someone mm -hmm. What do you do after that? Do you say thank you? Do you say, uh, do you try to talk to them? Do you ignore it? What, what is your approach when let's just say you get a send right now from someone you don't know, someone you've never spoken to before? 
So Mistress Marley never says thank you because you're supposed to be doing that anyway as a fin sub. So you don't get a thank you. Um, sometimes you don't get an acknowledgement. It just depends on the situation. I say everything is situational. For instance, I have subs that will send on Cash App and then I don't know who they are on Twitter. They won't come on Twitter and be like, hey, Mistress, I sent. Some subs just want to send, disappear, that's it. They don't want to interact. They might be shy. Then I'll get those subs that will send. They'll come in my inbox and tell me they sent. And I'll say, good, beta, send more. Or I'll say, I'm not impressed. Or I want more. Or you can do better than that. I'm always pushing my subs to be better. Whether you're a potential sub, whether you're a long-time sub, I'm always pushing you. So for me, it's always like, how can I tease you? How can I mind fuck you? How can I think that, how can I make you think that, you didn't send enough, even though you felt like you sent enough in that moment. How can you impress me? How can you outdo all the other subs? Because I do have a lot of subs. Um, so it's different interactions. Everything is situational. Um, you don't have to interact with every sub that sends. Some subs prefer it that way that you don't interact. Some subs have a kink of being ignored. Um, like I said, it's all situational. Um, kind of just see how the conversation moves if there's a conversation. But personally, I don't thank subs for sending to me. They're supposed to do that. <laughs> Yeah, yep, yep. I I agree. I think it, it's it's a fine line between a being having a level of gratitude because because I because for example, I am grateful for my subs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh I would necessarily say thank you or if I say thank you, it would be like thank you for doing that for me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh it, it it can be gratitude in a way that is still like you're still serving me. Um, and, and it's just different for different types of doms, but I do agree that, that what you mentioned there, like not saying thank you, I think is a difficult, um, thing for a lot of women who have been raised to, you know, uh, we have to say thank you every time we receive something, or we have to always keep our head down or whatever. Like we're the ones that have to stay quiet. Um, and I think navigating that that new world or new uh, dominant aspect of oneself mm -hmm. is important um, while still not being necessarily just plain mean. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's very insightful there. Um, I want to reset the room really quick. This is the Make You Pee Pee podcast, episode 14. I'm sure that all the listeners that you have questions, I, I see your, your requests. Um, I will at, uh, you know, after conversing with Mistress Marley, I will open up the, the floor for questions or you can use the bubble on the bottom right hand corner uh, to ask any questions there as well. Um, so, yeah. So back to back to, uh, you know, Mistress Marley and, and her experience. You talked about subs there. How many subs do you have currently? So currently subs I own, I own five subs and I'm conversing with around, I want to say 30 subs. It's sometimes, it's wow. yeah, sometimes it's up and down. Sometimes you have subs that are there um, for a long time. You'll have the subs that would disappear because sometimes that happens in that industry. But as in subs, I own and have the patience for it to own and interact with daily and um, build those relationships with, it's around five. Wow. How do you juggle five? <laughs> Do, so, they all know, do they all know about each other? No, they don't. And I like to keep it that way. Um, well, there's two subs that I've met together at one of my sisification events. But the way I juggle it is I make the rules. So it's kind of like they're all in Mistress Marley's castle. They're all in my stable. 
Um, I pretty much control them. I let them know when they can and can't talk to me. For instance, they're not allowed to talk to me on weekends because weekends are my thing. Um, they're only allowed to talk to me a set amount of hours and they only have permission to do things when I say they can do it. For instance, if they want to send pictures of them in chastity, um, if they want to have a session, they have to request those things. It's something where they know when to talk to me and when not to talk to me. And I'm very big on setting those boundaries early on. Um, I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they don't set those boundaries. So then you'll get those overexcited subs that always want to talk to you 24 seven, but you can't give it to them. They're like kids in a candy store. I look at my subs as kids. I can't give them anything. Like they're not allowed to have certain things until I say that they can have it. So you really just have to set those standards. So what about the 30 that you're speaking to right now? How are they not owned or become owned? Where, where are, what stage are they in the 30 that you're speaking to? Why are you speaking to them? And if they're not, uh, if you're not owning them, because they're the ones that are sending all the time. Um, so this is how I see it. There can be a sub that sends, um, there can be a sub that does what they're supposed to do in session, but I don't necessarily want to own them and they themselves might not be ready to be owned. So a lot of these subs I have, um, I, for some reason, get a lot of wealthy businessmen. I get people that are in business and corporate jobs. A lot of them are busy. So they really just want to have those one-off sessions. They want to send when they can here and there. Um, they want to have conversations when they can. Then I have just the random subs on Night Flirt and the OnlyFans. And um, I want clips that are in my inbox talking to me and sending tribute. I have the subs on Twitter that talk every now and then. But for me, I don't want to own that many subs. To be owned by me, you really have to show yourself as submissive and that you're devoted to making my life better and what it needs to be by sending to me, serving me, whether that's running my errands, um, being my chauffeur, doing my laundry, cleaning my house, whatever it might be. There are certain subs that I have for that, and I can't do that with all 30. I'm also very big on energy and intuition. So if I feel like I can't connect with you um, in the dom-sub relationship, it doesn't work out because the subs that I do own, it's more than just them sending. It's more than just sessions. I build a genuine dom-sub relationship with them, and we go through the motions in that sense. I understand. And I, I, a lot of us are looking for that. I think a lot of us are, both subs and doms are looking for that, uh, what you just described, that, that re kind of relationship, that close relationship. Mm -hmm. And so are all of these, are, are these subs that you own, are they all different? Like they all like different things, or they're all similar so um, a lot of the subs, I own majority of them. I want to say every one of them but one is into feminization and sissification. I love feminization personally. Um, I love teaching subs how to be femme, how to do makeup, um, how to really act as a lady, as I like to say. Um, so a lot of them are into those things. They want to be um, in sissification sessions. Um, so... In that sense, they're all into the same things. But then I have subs that are not into the same things. I have a sub that's strictly into impact play. He doesn't want any sissification or feminization. Um, so you really just have to gauge what each sub is into and how that works for you and if you're comfortable with it. And then from there, the rest is pretty much history. But they all know that they have to earn their spot in my life, that they're on their spot um, in my stable. This sub might be number one today and did something to get on my nerves. And now he's number five. So it's really them just always trying to work to impress me. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And and I'm curious, how do you see the scene has changed from when you started till now? So the scene is definitely more open. There's more events. There's more ways to learn online. Community is definitely bigger. When I first started out, I came into everything alone. I tell everybody this all the time. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a group. 
Um, I didn't really have anyone I could go to. So I had to do a lot of research on my own. Um, there were doms that I even reached out to that weren't willing to help even when I wanted to tip them, which, you know, that's your prerogative. You don't have to help anyone if you feel like um, you're not made for or cut out for it. But it was just having that lack of what I felt like being able to reach out somebody, um, reach out to somebody that I feel like has changed now. Now I feel like a new dom can come onto the scene and learn from so many different outlets and so many different people. And I really love that. And that's why I've always been big on education and building and doing the work and being in the community. Um, so community spaces are huge for me. Yes. I, 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 and do you think that, do you think that this change has encouraged more subs to come out as well? Definitely. Um, I've seen a lot more lately. There's subs now doing podcasts. Um, there are subs doing interviews now. There are subs when I even have events that are coming together and talking to each other. I mean, two of my subs at Desistification, um, prime example, we went to Exotica in New Jersey um, three weeks ago. And my sub that's very good with getting his makeup done for events told the other sub like, hey, my friend can help do your makeup too. Let's bond on that. Let's go get our makeup done together. Because, you know, there's times where I've told him like, you know, you look a little dusty, your wig a little crooked, your makeup's a little off, you know, maybe go with this sub to help you. And he took that advice and they have built a relationship through that. And they were able to help each other through it because the sub that was just for the first time getting their makeup done was also nervous about being in public spaces. Um, but the other sub was able to help him and be like, look, I went through it. Um, this is how you handle it. And you got a good support group. So we, we, it's so many support groups out there now. And subs That's amazing. Crack more. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. That's such a sweet story. <laughs> That's actually a really sweet story. Um, it's so, so because one of the things that I, I hear every once in a while is Dom saying, Oh, there's, too many doms not enough subs there, there's a big influx of doms coming in and there's not enough subs out there to uh you know balance that out do you think that's true there's definitely a lot of people entering the scene but to me it's never been something that's intimidating because 500 doms can enter the scene today but my brand i feel like stands out how do you make your brand stand out what makes you different um where's your consistency where's all those different types of things so yes there's always going to be a lot of something, but I feel like other things make up for that. Cause you got to realize not every sub is an out sub. I think sometimes we see the subs commenting on Twitter and think that's it. That's all the subs in the world. The ones that are commenting, we see that's it, but there's so many subs that you would never know are subs that are still sending. I've gotten sends from people that I never knew were subs. I've gotten sends from people. It's, it was so weird, but I got a send from somebody I went to high school with and I never knew that they were a sub. So there's always somebody watching. There's always someone wanting to send and be into your content. The world is vast. There's so much out there. I learned that when I traveled, like traveling as a dom is big because you meet so many different subs and so many different people. I used to think it was just my little box in New York or the United States. I mean, I get sends from London. I've gotten sends from people in India and, you know, all over. So it's really just about your content and how you're putting yourself out there. And I would tell people like, don't be too intimidated or caught up in the fact that, Oh, there might be too many subs versus, I mean, too many doms versus subs. You don't really know that you don't know the numbers. Um, I think it's something in a form of projecting and you really just have to stick to making your content work. Yes, absolutely. What would you, what would you advise to, uh, to doms, on maintaining subs because I think one of the things that we uh, doms do it when they when they start out um is that they get a send and then at that moment they're like okay well now what or, or how do they maintain that relationship and, and not let this person just disappear and never come back or like is there a way to 
to maintain that uh, sub-relationship? I think what we have to understand in this space, um, even with the sub sending and ghosting, everything comes down to consent. So if that sub was comfortable with sending and that was it for them, that might have just been all. That might have been all they could take mentally. Um, it's not up to us to, um, you know, it's up to us to want them to stay and have conversations with them and things of that nature. But I don't think we should get too in our feelings if a sub just sends a one off and leaves because we don't know what they can handle mentally. Um, we don't know what they're going through with kink. And us begging them to stay or trying to make them stay or forcing them to stay is taking away their consent and their power of consent. Um, so I think the best thing is if you want to maintain relationship with subs, make sure it's with subs that want to maintain relationships with you. It has to go both ways. It's not something where, okay, well, I want this. I want this sub to continue to send it to me. So they need to do it now. They're not going anywhere else. No, it needs to be that sub is like, I want to continue this. I want to maintain this relationship with you in whichever way we go about it, whichever way is consensual, what makes you happy, how I can serve you. You want to make sure that it's mutual. It's never fun when it's one-sided. Same thing. You wouldn't want a sub begging you to stay around if you feel like it's not what you want. You're not comfortable with it. It just doesn't work for your, mo your business model or it doesn't work for you as a person. You want to make sure that it's just mutual. So try to maintain relationships with subs that want to maintain them with you. As dominants, as doms, we never beg for subs to come around. We are not beggars. We don't beg anyone to stay around. Um, we don't beg anyone to serve us. That takes away your dominance. Um, and it really is just not a good look. So maintain a relationship that wants to be maintained. Don't force it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So, so you know what? I'm gonna put a hypothetical scenario here. Um, so, it could be you. You could be, let's say, a woman who is just uh, tweeting about or or um, saying things about her life or sharing her life on social media and the things that she's doing with her life on social media. And just be demanding, or maybe not demanding, but yeah, demanding, commanding, dominant in the way she shares that uh, life of hers. That could also still attract subs. Not necessarily that she is offering something uh, sexually related. So it could really be that, for example, one of uh, like one of these models that you see on Instagram that share pictures of herself you know, having wine in one place or doing one thing in another place and just saying dominant things or being commanding could still attract those subs. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm going to do a session with you or I'm going to, or I'm open to doing a session or I'm open to doing this. It could still attract subs to sending to her. Am I right about this? Yes, it still can. I mean, I have friends that aren't even doms that just because they were in a picture with me or we were out to eat and we were being dominant or bossy that sub started to want to send to them. I mean, a sub wanted to send to my sister one time and I just posted her and, you know, she's wow. very, she's very dominant and independent in her nature and how she does things. There's men out there that just want to send and it's not always just... Um, it's not always just unique to fendom and female-led domination. There's just men that want to spoil you and, you know, just want to send money. I've had people send me money. I've had men send me money before, and they'll let me know right off the bat. I'm not submissive, but I wanted to pay for your dinner. So sometimes it just happens. Um, you just they never... Wanted, they wanted to pay... I apologize for interrupting. They wanted to pay for your dinner because they like you, because they like what they saw when they haven't even met you because of the yeah. impression that you gave them? Yeah, that happens a lot. That happens 
more often than not, sometimes you just have men that just want to send. And it's one of those things where maybe we can't explain it. Maybe it just makes them feel good. Maybe that's just naturally who they are. Um, maybe there's a story behind it, but you'll have men that don't consider themselves submissive that just want to send. And, you know, that's something that's pretty much now that I'm noticing has happened in many forms of my life, even before I was a femdom, you know, so it can happen. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting there, though, is that you have to have an opening there for them to send. I think that's what's you know, I, I think a guy. Uh, who wants to send wants to know it's okay for them to send and that you're not going to be like oh my god what are you doing uh I'm gonna block you now because I don't even know you you know I think yeah. that, that there has to be kind of an opportunity there and I think do, do you think that constantly creating that opportunity like let's say in every single post that you do where it's like send for this or send for that I'm traveling send for this I'm doing this send for that and every single thing is that still a turnoff is, is that too much is it too much to be posting like send for this send for this send for this send for this all the time uh would that drive somebody away no sis that's how we get our money here in the sex worker space um, <laughs> anybody away and if it's driving anybody away why are they on my page like you if you're on my page you know what i'm about you know what's going on if it's driving you away you're not the person i want anyway you're broke you're dusty like you're not somebody i want so hey, I'm, always I'm always gonna tell you to send me money i'm always gonna tell you you should be paying for this because you should even if i don't say it you still should be sending for it so that's how we make our money in this space sex workers we make our money by consistently posting um that's how i've gotten my success by consistently posting if you ever feel like you're annoying someone by posting you might want to scale it back a little bit and ask yourself you know, why am I in this industry? How do I really feel about fandom? How do I really feel about being um, dominant? How do I really feel about just being this person that is supposed to get everything I want? And that's the initial gist of all of this. So like I said, if they got a problem with me posting, the unfollow button is right there. The block button is right there. But for every person that unfollows me, there's 10 more subs sending me money, period. So do what yeah. you got to do. But I'm still going to be here asking for your money and taking your money. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> no, I, I love that you're talking about this. This is so great. Because I, I think what I think the reason why I ask these things, too, is because the the angle that that each dom takes necessarily mean that it's wrong, uh, like or, or for them for that person like like for a dom to say what they want in their uh twitter feed or whatever social media they're using is okay like it is it is and i think that we have to step out of that world of worry of like what am i going to post next does this look good uh, you know i think i think we get caught too caught up in that uh and and i think what you're mentioning is so important where it's just like this is what I'm asking for. This is what I want. If I don't get it, I'm going to get it somewhere else. And closed mouths don't get fed. So, you know, that's how it is. Closed mouths do not get fed. So you really have to ask for what you want. And it can be in different ways that you ask. It all depends on your personality. It doesn't always have to be outright, send me $100 for this. Right. It could be you making a post saying, I love boys that serve and know their place and know when to send on time. It could be just something where you're stating characteristics that you like about certain subs. You know, it's all about 
your brand. Still do what's right for your brand. When it comes to posting, if you feel like you're posting something that doesn't make sense for your brand or you're not comfortable with, by all means, don't post it. But don't let that be the reason why you can't improve or try to figure out what does work for you, you know? So there's different ways that we can be in your face and, and take your money and ask for your money. Um, there's not... Um, one wrong or right way to do it. It's just all about when you're doing it, you're being intentional and you're confident in it. You're not just posting it because, well, you know you're supposed to be doing it because you see others doing it. Ask yourself when you're typing something out, does this make sense to my brand? Is this something that I would say with my brand? Just like make sure you're keeping those things in mind. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's easy to get caught up in the numbers like mm -hmm. you know like how many people follow me how many people like this how many I think it's very easy to get sucked into that it definitely and, and I'm sure it must be frustrating for uh the, the women that are like well I have x amount of followers why am I not getting the same x amount of sense um and what do you what do you think of, what do you say to 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 that to women that have that like well i have whatever 10 20 30,000 followers but i'm not getting 10 20 30,000 dollars <laughs> so people might think this is hypocritical coming from me because i do have a lot of followers but i also believe that the amount of followers you have don't mean nothing yeah so mm -hmm. you know Agreed. i got my followers from different people reading about me finding out about me subs being interested in me but also too i would rather have 5 followers that are all sending to me than 60,000 that are just sitting there taking in my content for free. Um, there's doms that I've mentored that have just started out, only had like 10 followers and were getting sends. Also, you have to realize this too. Not every sub that wants to send to you or like your content is going to follow you. And I know that sounds weird, but it happens. You have some subs that are on Twitter, um, maybe their corporate profile, they don't want to make another profile, so they can't really follow you because maybe they don't want that to show up in their followers. There's different reasons why People do things on social media. So you have to understand that um, just because someone's not following you doesn't mean you won't get the sins. You know, like I said, I would rather have five followers that are all sending than 60,000 that are just staring at me. So you can't really get too caught up in the numbers. You just have to focus on your content. You never know who's watching. Also, Twitter is retweet based. So you can end up on somebody's timeline that isn't even following you. And that's more eyes on your stuff. And I think that's the beauty of Twitter in this type of space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so do you think that, okay, so what, what, let's, I want to go back to the branding aspect there that you mentioned. Um, the branding is, is so important. And then maybe people don't spend so much time on that as they, as they should. Mm -hmm. um, how would you go about finding out your branding as a dom? How would you go finding that? Do you go to like, uh, I don't know, a fetish party and, and just kind of figure out like, okay, like, let me see if I like this or if I like that. How would you go about figuring out uh, for doms that don't know or, or are still trying in the process to figure out, how would you go about finding out exactly what your brand is and does it change over time? Has your brand changed over time? So I'll answer the first half of the question first. So I, sure. always, tell, I always tell people to take some time to sit with yourself and figure out your personality. What are your likes? What are your hobbies? Can those likes and hobbies be converted into kink and BDSM? Um, is there something 
say you're really into cosplay, there's a lot of doms that do cosplay in their regular life and they transition it over. Um, I've known doms that love eating, so they've done ASMR in their kink videos and stuff like that. So ask yourself, what is my personality? What do I like? What makes sense for me? Not what is everyone else doing. Um, not, oh, I went to this party and I saw this dom doing that, so I must be doing it. And then the second thing I tell people to do is pick a color. You'll be surprised what happens when you start with the color. Um, we just had our graduates of the Whips Dungeon Dom Academy the other day, and they had to do their final presentations. And, you know, one of the students said, I didn't know what I was doing until I picked that color. I picked the color green, and it just translated to me to be this powerful just woman of ember and just um wow just to really like it made all the branding do different things so for instance for me i started with the color pink i also did red so when i think of pink and red i think of femininity and i work that into my clothing um, i work that into my accessories i work that into everything and it all just ends up making me feel like a princess a spoiled princess so i always tell people figure out things in your personality that you like your hobbies that might can translate over to bdsm and then pick a color Literally, do pick a color. I promise if you pick a color and start from there, you'll be surprised of everything else that unlocks. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that yeah. color color play went into that. That's great. I really yeah. like that, actually. Yeah. And do you think it's okay to have your brand progress or change over time? You know, what, is there a downfall to that? Is there a, is there a, a pro and con to it? I always say it's okay for your brand to change over time, but certain elements. So, for instance, I don't recommend consistently changing your name because then you'll just get lost in the sauce. Um, with the name, I try to tell people, like, be really intentional with the name. Make sure it's something you want to keep forever because if you consistently change your name, imagine a sub trying to look for you based on content they saw with you under another name and now they can't find you. You're losing out on money. Um and also, you know, that's harder to change your socials. You never want to make people confused. So with the naming, I would try not to change. But it's okay to change your brand. You might be into something more than you were into something else. For instance, I did not start off liking impact play. I didn't like to whip. I didn't like to paddle. I didn't like to flog. But the more I did it, the more I came into it, the more I loved it. I didn't come into it this like anticipation, but the more subs I've worked with, now I brand myself as that and I bring that to the table as one of my services. Um, when I was first starting out struggling versus now, now I'm all into everything luxury. I'm always talking about my luxury travel, how I'm a luxury dom, how you can pay for this and support this and things of that nature. So how you come in is not always how you end. We're always changing. We're always learning new things. There's also things that I used to offer that I don't like as much anymore. So it's, it's okay to change. You don't have to be the same way the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to take this moment to uh, reset the room. Uh, this is the Mankey PP podcast episode 14. Hi, I'm goddess Mari. If you've never heard, seen me before, and I'm super uh, excited and happy to have mistress Marley on here, giving us these gems of knowledge. I want to take this moment also to open up the room if anybody has any questions. I'd like to bring people up one by one if they want to ask a question. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, and, and yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, no pressure for me being a host here, um, only to like one of my idols. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we and we share the same birthday. Sorry. Yes, fangirling. when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, the universe is coming together there. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've got Mistress Lavender. Hi. Hi. Good morning, beautiful people. I hope you guys are having a great day so far. 
Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. I just did want to say, I just, it's not really a question. I just want to say thank you, Mr. Smarley. I think before my journey being um, a dom, um, I definitely researched you a lot. Like you were the one of the people, especially like black women that I found in the BDSM world. So I just appreciate it. Like when I we used to watch like your interviews and like your podcast and stuff that you would go to on YouTube, like your own personal YouTube. Like I appreciate your mm-hmm. energy. Cause I think for me, before being a dom, I thought like, it being one, you had to be like in all black, like you'd be really intense, very sadistic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you gave like a very beautiful femininity to that. And I was like, oh, I can be that and also be myself. So I appreciate you putting that energy, especially for black women. I, that you were always like that from the beginning. So I just appreciate that. That's all I had to say. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. Of course. You. Stay safe, guys. I'm going to drop down. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel this. I feel the same way, Mistress Lavender. I'm also a fan <laughs> of of uh, Mistress Marley. So I totally get. I totally get where you're coming from there, um, Mistress Marley. What I uh, let's say you're starting today mm-hmm. in the scene. You're getting in today. What is the first thing that you do today if you were to start today? So the first thing that you need to do is just figure out your specializations, your kinks, and also ask yourself, why am I doing this? Um, Am I doing this because I want to use these skills to be more dominant in my real life? Am I doing this because I want to learn BDSM ethics, morals, skills, things of that nature? Am I doing this because I know I deserve to be paid as a bad bitch? Um, Am I doing this for the community and to meet more people and be more comfortable in my everyday life? Am I doing this to learn things maybe to do within my own relationship? You have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is my purpose in this space? And how do I plan to fulfill that purpose and be intentional in it? So just ask yourself those questions. Even if you have to make a list, um, there was times where I've made lists of all the kinks that I liked or maybe thought I liked and took more research on them and practiced them. And maybe I crossed them off and didn't like them. Or maybe I circled them and said, this is what I'm going to definitely offer. So just ask yourself important questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what about... What about the technical aspect? Would you also just do you, would you also join Twitter, Instagram, and what other platforms would you join? So I always tell people, fuck Instagram. <laughs> um, Yo, for real. As, as someone <laughs> that has now lost over 10 pages, I no longer use it. Um, I don't encourage it. Yes, there are doms and sex workers on there and my hats is off to them and I wish them the best success on it. But Instagram with our industry is one of those things where you don't know when they might decide to delete you. Um, You don't know when you'll be gone. So I will definitely say Instagram is on the bottom of the list for me personally. Um, I always say a good place to start is Twitter only because on Twitter you have a resource to see so many different things and see what's really going on in this space. I mean, you can instantly go on a search bar and type in Fendom and Femdom and see what everybody's up to. Um, see what kinks people are practicing, see what's trending, see what's going on, see who's doing follow trains, engagement groups, things, things of that nature. So I think Twitter gives you that great visual base for those that are coming into this and are like, I don't know what the hell to post. Um, I don't know what to do on here. So I always say Twitter is a great place to start. Um, FetLife is not one of the best sites. Um, it could be problematic. There's a lot of pros and cons with FetLife, but FetLife is a good usage of if you want to find events. There are some great people still putting on amazing events out there. Um, there are people giving out great information on, you know, where to go find a dungeon if you're doing in-person sessions, um, certain events that might be going on. It's great to use it for those purposes. So I would definitely say those two sites. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I want to welcome... 
uh, Queen Isis uh, to the stage. I like to think that this is a stage. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, good morning, beautiful ladies. Good morning. I'm so glad I found you guys this morning. Um, my, my quest or my journey as a dom is pretty, you know, I mean, I just landed like, you know, by the grace of God in this industry. I don't know how. Anyways. So after two years, I became really big in Phoenix and I'm one, you know, like I'm holding my sessions. I have my private in calls, all of that. But then I realized that I have a whole mess on the, um, actual media presence that I had. Mm -hmm. And I keep requesting because I love so much that you guys are putting something together because I would like to start from like zero, right? Mm -hmm. I started with Instagram, being erased, I don't know how many times, being blocked, mm -hmm. whatever. Then I did Twitter and I grew up a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing, my, my account went down, whatever. So finally, one of my subs suggested that I had to get a website, did yes. all of that. I'm working on that now. Yes. Now, my problem is, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I'm older, I'm a mommy dumb. What Mistress is saying is really, really uh, important that you got to find yourself. Like I found after all the role players I did or whatever, what I love the most is to be a mommy dumb, to be tantric, mm -hmm. um, to be, you know, like more erotic kind of thing. I'm less into impact play, not much into sadist. Mm -hmm. But it grows into you, you know, it grows into you a little bit, you know, like, I like it better now. So I'm really happy. And my question was, and that's what you just told her now. When you start from zero, like me, I did a whole freaking mess. I have, I don't know how many accounts, I changed names, locations. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I was able to keep my fully clientele, my fully booking. I travel, I'm on tour now. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I this was not expected to me ever mm -hmm. but it happened like magically right and then I was able to get a lot of you know clients subs whatever so I did learn a lot in fed life it's a great place to learn I don't know if it's a great place to get clients or subs to pay but yeah to learn is amazing I met a lot of people I mean it's great um but now like I'm all confused because I Queen Isis, I apologize for, for interrupting there, but I just I do want to give everybody a chance to ask a question. Do you have a question that you'd like to ask? Oh, I have you muted. Yeah, so my question is, like, if you find yourself in a hot mess, whatever, like the first things that you will do besides doing the online business, how would you, like, um, rebrand yourself? I mean, like, is it, is it, is it is, is smart to rebrand yourself or should I go back, you know, what I was? Like, how would I rebrand myself or how, how, how you guys have an idea for that? Mr. Smiley, your uh, mic is off. Sorry. <laughs> so you have, no to ask, you have to ask yourself, within the brand that I already had, how good was I doing with clients? And like you said, you know, you just mentioned that you, had your, you have your clientele built up, you've done traveling, you've done great in that sense. So ask yourself, should I rebrand or should I keep it how it is? And as for someone that has lost their Instagram pages 10 times, each time I'm still coming back as Mr. Smiley. I'm still coming back as the same person. Um, 
you don't really want to confuse people too much in this space. But if you feel like there's certain elements you should rebrand, that's fine. Um, if you feel like there's different ways that you should keep in communication with subs, just like you said, now you have the personal website, which is great. Now get the email subscriptions going, get the subs to put their emails in. Um, that way you can always send out your marketing. That worked great for me. Even when I was losing my pages, I was able to email all of my subs, my clients and followers and say, hey, here's my new page because they did subscribe and they were able to find me. Um, people that love your work, people that want to worship you and serve you and have been following you, they will always find you. I promise you that. I used to think when I lost my pages, oh my God, I'm going to make a new page. No one's going to find me. Out of nowhere, I would be back up a thousand, two thousand followers in like two weeks because people are looking for you. Um, so I always say stick with what you know. If what you know has been working, use it. If what you know has not been working, rebrand certain elements, but don't change your whole self because you don't want to get lost in that rebrand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I... I completely agree with that as well. Um, thank you so much, Queen Isis, for, for your question. I think that's very insightful uh, as well as what, what, what Mistress Marley was saying. Um, Mistress Marley, I'm gonna take this moment to ask, and I think and we did talk about this before, but I, I wanna bring it to light because maybe it helps somebody else. You know, one of the things that you and I spoke about before was that I wanted to be I, I am a traveling dom like I am a person who travels take photos but I don't necessarily want to uh, like be touched or to do any kind of sort of touching I just want like subs to like follow me around and be like my personal assistants and I tell them to do things mm -hmm. and they do it because I say so and, and the reward is that they get to watch me travel and they get to live through me vicariously. Mm -hmm. um, that is that a possibility? Does that exist? I think one of these questions that a lot of doms have is like, does this person exist um, that would be willing to contribute to that in that way, in the way that I want them to? Yes, um, these subs definitely exist. We call them service subs. So they're there to provide a service. Um, they might not necessarily be there for a session or to want to touch you or do any type of um, session-related things that might require touch. They just want to serve you. Um, they get off by just providing um, making, providing and making your life easier. So I have plenty of subs that have done that for me. I have subs. Um, when me and Goddess Rue went to Femdom Ball in London, which is a big dominatrix ball that... Um, Madam Caramel throws every year, which is amazing. I feel like doms should check it out, definitely, for sure. I mean, we met doms from all over. But there were subs there where we had it set up that were our chauffeurs. They just drove us around. And the sub literally would drop us off at our destination. He would not ask for anything, ask for a session to be touched, to even be talked to or anything. But he knew that when we were done and when I messaged him, he was to be there to pick us up. And he drove us around for, I want to say, three out of the six days that we were there. So there are service subs out there that are there to just serve you and I understand there's doms that come into this industry and might be shy a little bit at first about having the in-person sessions and um, might not be comfortable with the touch maybe they went through something with touch and they're just not ready for that there are service subs that are there to just provide a service for you wow I love that I think that right there is like little hearts popping out of my head what you just described <laughs> mm -hmm. is I think is exactly what I'm looking for and I'm sure that a lot of doms are looking for so that uh, uh, makes me proceed to my next question is how would a service sub uh, approach you or how would you attract one or is it you just saying like I need you to drive me around it, it, did you just think to yourself like I need a sub to drive me around or did he offer to drive you around how did that connection happen there so it was more so just me putting an ad out on FedLife which um, 
FetLife is good for that, like putting ads out, especially if you're traveling to other places and things of that nature. So it was me just putting an ad out. I put, come into London for Femdom Ball, need subs to serve me, message me, don't be a time waster. It was really straight to the point. I put the dates I would be there. And the subs came flooding in my inbox. But this sub stood out the most because not only did he provide references, which are very important in this space and very important if you want to keep your safety there for when you're meeting with subs in person, um, he was very intentional on what he wanted to do, how he wanted to serve, when he was going to be there, what he even told us, what type of car he had, what he could provide for us inside the car, um, all those different things. So it was really just me putting an ad out. I never... I never blatantly said I need someone to drive me around, which you have the right to say that, too, because subs will still serve you in that instance. But I pretty much just said, you know, I need a service sub in, um, in London. I need subs to serve me. And it just happened that way. So there are subs waiting for that opportunity. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And did he say why he chose you or or like, is it I guess my question here is I understand that that the kink is serving mm-hmm. however is would would a sub be wanting to do that kink with just anybody or is it just that or does it or is it because it's specifically you does that make sense does, like did, 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 yeah. so okay, that's like just like doms you know just how we choose who we interact with when they message us subs get that option too they chose they choose who they want to interact with and who they want to serve so him wanting to serve me, you know, he came to me and said he had been following me on Fat Life for a while and really loved my content and couldn't believe I was coming to London and just really wanted the opportunity to serve because he had saw so much about me and saw how, like, intentional I was as a dom. So he was very descriptive with that. But then you'll have some subs that would just, they just want to serve you, like, because you're beautiful. They might say, like, the superficial things. Um, they just really want to fulfill a fetish or a kink. There's different reasons why. Not everyone is going to come to you with the paragraphs and and, you know, singing all these high praises. They might sing them throughout the session or later on, but people have different reasons for why, you know, they want to book you or serve you. And some will be upfront and tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I, uh, once again, I want to reset the room. This is the Minky PP podcast episode 14. If anybody has any questions they'd like to ask, please feel free to come up. I'd be happy to have you. Um, and take this opportune moment because Mistress Marley is a wealth of knowledge <laughs> that she's sharing uh, with us. And, and uh, Mistress Marley, when did you decide that you wanted to teach uh, other doms? Did, when did, at what point did you say, like, you know what, I think I want to, you know, mentor? I knew I wanted to mentor when I was starting, like, smaller groups of just women that you know, wanted to talk about being dominant. I knew I wanted to mentor when within a lot of those groups, I was noticing, you know, people were asking questions that other people didn't really have the answers to, or maybe they had no experience in because they were just starting. And when I was able to answer those questions from my experience, I was like, hmm, maybe I should start teaching a little. And I've always just been into the education portion of things. Um, My background, I have a undergrad and master's degree in fashion marketing and fashion design. So going through school, I had to do a lot of presentations, a lot of teaching about certain designers and things of that nature. I've been taught, I've even taught like um, younger kids and the youth about fashion and sewing and things of that nature. So I've always just liked to teach and give people knowledge because um, not everyone knows where to get their knowledge from. Not everyone knows where to seek it. Um, So to have that source, I feel like I love being that person and I love helping people. And it's just something that I think even when I'm not a pro dom, even when I am retired from whooping ass and humiliation and stuff of that nature, I think I'm still going to just be that teacher. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to take I'm going to let you take this moment to 
plug in your uh <laughs> where where people can um learn from you like what where how would a dom go about being mentored by you so I have a platform on Patreon that I've been running since 2020. It started around the pandemic when I realized that more people wanted to learn, but now we couldn't get out in person. Um, so it's patreon.com slash sex academy. That's S-E-X-C-A-D-E-M-Y. It's also in my link tree. Anything that I tell you today will be in my link tree bio. The classes are only $5 a month. So since 2020, we've had over 125 courses that are on there now. And I'm always adding every week. The courses never go away. So basically for $5 a month, you have um, an influx of information that you can keep and go back and refer to. Um, so that's $5 a month. There's other tiers also. If you want video lessons, it's $20 a month. Um, I also sometimes host online um, virtual Zoom classes. I'll have free seats and I'll have paid seats. And then I also do one-on-one -on -one mentoring. With the one-on-one -on -one mentoring, that's me more so talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, having a private meeting. Um, I go over your brand. I help you with your brand. Um, I help you with things that you might need to do to succeed and make money. Um, all those options are on my official website, which is also in my bio. Thank you so much for that. Wow, thank you so much. Um, well, Mr. Smiley, that that uh, sums up my my questions. I I do have um, uh, Goddess Kiki up here. I know that she's she's been quiet because she's been uh, managing other things on on the back end for me. And she's such a, a great person to have on the podcast. So I don't know if she has any questions or comments because I know she's a speaker up here. Uh, so I just I wanted to give her a chance to to say something if she wanted to, or if she just wanted to say hello. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say. Um... You guys covered it all really well. <laughs> and um, I am so appreciative of Mistress Marley and all the things that, um, all the things you shared today were amazing. You're very inspiring. And um, it's just great to hear from just a powerful person in this industry. And um, I don't know, I loved everything you had to say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um and I guess one one of my last questions uh, for you, Mistress Marley, is: Do you do you see a pro and con when it comes to doing domination or be, being a femdom, findom online versus in person? Do you see that? Is it better to do one or the other? Both are the same. What do you see that that uh, the comparison there for those two things? I think it depends on your comfortability. I mean, I was doing Femdom for about a year before I even got into Femdom and doing the in-person sessions and being comfortable with it. Um, so I'll say the pros and cons of staying strictly online is that you miss out on all the fun in person. I mean, we just had a party last night at our dungeon, a worship party where the subs were in there rubbing feet and letting us whip them and spank them. And it's so much fun just to be around community and just have a great time listening to music and doing what you really love. So I think that's the con of staying strictly online. You miss out on the in-person fun. But also the pros of being online is that you can control your schedule better. Um, you can be in the comfort of your home, um, especially those that do like night flirt and phone sex operation with dominance. You can just be chilling in your pajamas, watching TV, dominating somebody. Um, it's for those. It works great for those that feel like they're more introverted. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where you have to feel like, you know, what do you want to do? There's people that do just strictly um, femdom and don't care about financial domination and then you have the ones that want to do both so it really just depends on you absolutely I want to welcome uh, I have uh, Ebony Goddess I don't know if I'm saying that is it Ebony or Ebony I, I've never 
been able to ebony goddess ebony 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 goddess hi welcome to the stage Your your mic is off, by the way. Um, ebony, ebony goddess, ebony goddess, ebony goddess. I'm sorry, I speak two languages. Ebony, <laughs> girl, it is ebony. Yes. <laughs> Hello, hi. Um, yes, ebony. It's ebony goddess. Um, hi everyone, host and mistress Marley. Um, I follow you, and I guess I'll just make it quick. My question is like, what if, like, if I I feel like I'm in a rut. So if I'm, I know you said rebranding, but like what to do i'm mostly femdom a little bit of femdom um phone sex virtual sessions stuff like that what do i do if i feel like i'm like in a rut like i feel like okay like if i go two weeks because i just don't like it i don't like going two weeks and just there is nothing going on i always like to feel like there's something going on so what if it's like whether it be I want a new crop of subs or I just want, just in general, I want action. I want, you know, something to be going on. What should I do? Should I send out email blasts? Should I, I mean, I don't believe in following up with, with so if I haven't heard from them, I let them be, especially with Fendom. I don't like, I just don't like people that much, but I like people when it's on my terms, if that makes sense. Got you. First of all, hey girl, I've seen you interact with my content. Hey. Hey, hi. <laughs> um, um, I would say like when you ever feel like you're in a rut and you want to stay active, I'm one of those people too where I get bored easily. Like if I feel like I'm not doing enough, I'd be like, what's going on? I always say maybe like even try to schedule your content. There's different tweet schedulers like tweet deck and stuff of that nature. Um, try to really just stockpile your content so that you're always consistently posting. That way you're always seen and that so that things can happen and that action can come in um also too like post on these websites post on these clip sites um maybe even post in fet life groups or threads um i know you said you're more so femdom a little bit more femdom if you're comfortable with getting out in person maybe try to go to some in-person events i've made the best connections from in-person events i've got paying subs at in-person events i feel like in person sometimes it's just better but only if you're comfortable with being in that space um I'm an Aquarius, so naturally we just put ourselves into things. Like, I'll find something to do. I'll find some creative way to make some new content. I'll even do email blasts, like you said. Email marketing is fine. Tell subs, you know, send out um, emails to subs that new content is out. Or if you're traveling somewhere, say, I'm traveling here. If subs want to book, if boys want to book, um, to message me, um, to email me, to book me the right way. Just send out that email blast. Let, let them know things are happening. Even if you feel like you have nothing new, take old content and clip it up, splice it up. You might have an old piece of content and you can splice that up into a five second clip, post it on the timeline as a teaser and tell people if they want to see the rest, they got to go to this link to see your content. Um, you can make it real spicy like that. There's different ways that you can make things happen. All right. Thank you. And thank hey. everybody. Hey, ladies. Um, I appreciate you giving this us this space. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I, a question got brought up to me there uh, with, with that conversation that you guys had. Is, is, um, is there a line to sharing your personal life where maybe it might be like too much, you know, where you want to seem personable, but maybe also be safe, especially in the online world? Like, you know, like, let's say like you're traveling to Paris 
and you're going to be there certain dates. Is it, is there a fine line where, you know, maybe you obviously don't want to stay at the exact hotel you're staying in or anything like that, but, but what is the balance there between sharing like your life uh, and also, you know, keeping that distance? Um, I think the line is definitely drawn. If you ever feel like your personal safety is going to be compromised, um, if it's ever something that you just want to keep to yourself, and like there's certain things in my personal life that I like to do hobby wise, and I won't tell anybody about it. I just like to keep it to myself. So sometimes being personable can get you booked too. So you just have to ask yourself how much is too much. Like I personally can't tell you what not to share because you would know, but um, don't ever share anything that can compromise your safety, anything that could compromise your vanilla life. Like maybe mentioning something that people can easily Google and maybe it takes them to your corporate LinkedIn or something like that. Like you just want to be careful with what you're mentioning. And you can also just give little bites. You don't always have to give the full story. You don't always have to tell people the full thing. You could just be like, for instance, um, you can say, um, I like to play piano, but you don't have to tell people where you play it at and where you do all these things and who you learn from. You don't have to do all that, but um, you just got to give bits and pieces. Don't always give the full story, especially when it comes to something personal that could compromise your safety. Absolutely. Do you suggest that when you share something personable, it comes with something, do it comes with something dominant as well, like something dominant or something controlling or something demanding or something that you want comes along with that too? Or do you uh, maybe have gotten to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm just here at the beach enjoying the beach and that's it. And here's a picture of me at the beach. I just want to share a picture of me at the beach. That's it. I'm not asking for anything, wanting anything. You know, I just wanted to share a picture of myself at the beach. Or, yeah. or, or do you recommend that every, it should always come with something, you know, where you're like, I'm at the beach, uh, buy me my pina colada while I'm here. No, so it doesn't always have to come with anything dominant. Um, you want to add that, that's a special little kick. But it could literally just be you saying you're going to do something. Like, I might just say I'm going to shop. I'm going to buy a new Chanel bag today, a new Prada bag. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm fishing for you to send to me, but you're going to see that I'm shopping and that's the things I like and you'll send the money for that. Um, so it could just be you relaxing on the beach. That's content. You in a bathing suit, you showing your feet or whatever. That's another form of content. But it doesn't always have to come with dominance. There's a way you can work that in there. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Smiley, for taking the time to being on here. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you, everybody who came to listen. Please go check out uh, the links on her Twitter. Please go follow her. Uh, you know, you're, she, she's someone to keep an eye on. <laughs> um, as yeah. I can see you growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much. And, and this is the Make You PP podcast, episode 14. Um, and I hope you have, and everybody has a, a great rest of their Friday. Oh, Saturday. Today's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.